Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please stand with me as we come together and we worship God through song. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love. As we sing, holy, 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 open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you, I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Good morning, everyone that is here and everyone that is online. We have so much, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Heather. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are you doing? Oh, oh our church started? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got people here and online and. <laughs> online. We better go over here for online. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Sure, here we go. Okay. Well, 
Miss Kim, I'm here because Bible school starts tonight. What? It does. Tonight is the night for concrete and crane. I'm free tonight. You're going to be here? Yes. Well, here's the deal. I might need some help because I'm afraid if I don't have some, oh, look at this. I've got help already. I love this. Yay. Hey, these are my friends and they know me well because I think if I don't have help, um, I'm probably going to have to call the Carpenters for Christ to come rebuild the church or disaster relief to fix my disasters. Because if you ask my husband, I'm not good with construction at all. I'm not even allowed to own a power drill. So, Are you good at de demolishing things? Oh, I'm great at demolishing things. But I think the point of Bible school is to build up. We're building on the love of Jesus this week. So yeah. I probably should have some help. So if any of you out here, it is not too late to help with Bible school. We want to involve everybody in this congregation. And we've got some different opportunities for you to get involved in making foundations for our children um, as they grow in their love for Christ. So I'm going to hand over to Teresa. Passing the baton. That's right. Woo, I like batons. I know. I'm not a <laughs> Um, our construction crew needs your help preparing for God's dream team to come to fruition. So that means, you guys, we need your prayers. So we have a flyer here, and it's got three days of what you can pray for for us at Bible school. Besides coming to help, I'm in recreation. Woo! It's just going to be wet, let me just tell you that. Make sure To bring garbage bags because you might have to sit on it to get back home. I'm not sure. You might get wet. It's a little bit hot outside. Anyway, so, but there is so much room for help and stuff, and truly we do need your prayers. And there will be these flyers on both sides of the auditorium for you to take with you. And please pray for us. So, Heather, when is Bible school? Tonight and tomorrow and Tuesday. 5 o'clock, 8.15 is when you need to pick your kid up, please. <laughs> Some of us have school the next day. Eli, oh, sorry. I don't have school. Summer school. Some people have summer school. Anyways, 8.15, pick up, 5 o'clock, drop off, and guess what? They're going to feed them. Supper is included, which is even better. Also, a quick promo, we have lots of youth going to be helping us with Bible school. So from 8.15 to 8.45, we're going to do a youth Bible study after Bible school. So if you have a youth, um, come talk to me. Let me know. We'd love to have them. We'd love to dig into the word with them as well. Uh, dig into the word. Did you catch that? <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. But tonight, starting at 5 o'clock, we would like everybody to be here. Invite your friends. Invite your neighbors. Even if you don't know your neighbor, go invite them anyways. We'd love to have them at church tonight and um, Monday and Tuesday. Now it's your turn. Attack by me. <laughs> okay, so another awesome thing, we decided each year we choose a mission um, for uh, Bible school. And this year, our mission are going to be the kids. And how we're going to do that is we are going to send food home with them every night. And especially on Tuesday night, we're going to send a big bag of food home with them to help them keep their bellies full during the summer. So after church, we're going to have some people out with cones um, out in the foyer and at the door. And if you could put 
some cash in there so that our kitchen crew could go shopping. That would be so helpful. Uh, we just feel that that is, we're being called to help the kids that uh, will be at Bible school. And we are hoping for double, if not triple, digit numbers. So, okay, you guys can go on. <laughs> so, and if Bible school isn't your thing, or even if it is your thing, we still have two other opportunities for you to help this week. We are in charge of the food pantry on Thursday at from 9 to 11, and if you're willing to help, you need to get a hold of Charlie Baker, and he can fill you in how to do all of that. And then also, it is our week to do Lunch Bunch, and there's a sign-up sheet on the bulletin board, and we are especially needing help Thursday and Friday. And there's no experience needed. You, We just need help. Um, also, we will have um, Wednesday night prayer and share at 6.30. That's a fun time, you guys. If you haven't given it a try, you need to come and do that. Okay, I'm going to ask Steve Harding to come in. Lead us in prayer. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, the opportunity you've given us to come together to, to worship you, Lord, to learn more about you, Father. Now, Lord, we've heard about these opportunities we have this week. Just lay it upon our hearts for the word we could serve, Father, where we can come out and help the Show the lost people of this town know that we love them, and more importantly, Lord, that you love them. Now, just please lead, guide, and direct us, and bless us for these activities. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Okay. Stand with me once again, if you're able, and we'll come together and worship through song. Praise is rising, eyes are turning to you, we turn to you. All our fears are washed away, washed away, Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises, Hosanna, Hosanna. Turn to you in your kingdom. 
chains are gone, and I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. Chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. gone. I've been set free. That was a song, Adam, that we sang at the convention with about 14,000 of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And boy, was that powerful to do. And uh, you guys did a great job, okay? Um, we were loud. We weren't 12,000 or 14,000 people loud. But hey, we, we did a great job. What a great song and what a great message. 
And that's what we're going to talk about here as we walk through the book of John, 1 John. We're in the fifth chapter. We got this week and next week, and we'll be finished with 1 John. But, but uh, you know, again, we're going to look at this and see what John has to say. John wrote the gospel, right? The disciple, the apostle, he walked with Jesus. That's, that's how he starts a letter out, to let you know that he knows what he's talking about because he was with Jesus, Right? He was with Jesus, walked with Jesus, watched Jesus do all the miracles. He was there at the transfiguration. And more importantly, he was there at the resurrection. He, he, he was a witness to the empty tomb and the resurrected, risen, alive Savior. All right, so that's when he comes to us. And, and that's his. So he wrote the book of John, the Gospel of John, so that we might have faith. In other words, here's John, and John's telling the story about Jesus. He's not just telling it because he wants to sell books. He's telling it because he wants people's lives changed so that they might have faith, that they would know how, how to trust in Jesus and why they needed to trust in Jesus as Savior. And then 1 John, we're, we've been looking at it this way. It's now that I'm a Christian, now what? Right? It's that how am I going to, now that I'm a Christian, what do I need to do? It's Having faith and then walking in faith is the way that we've looked at at 1 John. So 1 John covers a couple um, major themes. We've repeated it throughout. We'll see it again. The idea of light, righteousness, love, and assurance. We're heavy on assurance in chapter 5. We're heavy on assurance both this week and next week. We'll, we'll touch on the assurance, assurance theme once again and once again. Okay, so we're looking at that. Now here's a question that I want to ask you. Right, when we, we're going to have vacation Bible school. Did you get that? Yeah, you're, you, none of you could have slept through that, <laughs> okay? So we're having vacation Bible school, and during vacation Bible school, what are we going to do? We're going to have crafts. We're going to have snacks. But the most important thing that we're going to do is to share with the kids, particularly the older kids, what it means to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior, what it means to be saved. Right? We're going we're gonna to do that. And, and the, the reason why is because most salvations come, I mean, VBS is one of, the, one of the key components to getting people saved. Because that's when they hear the story, uh, and they listen, and they learn, and oftentimes they accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior. So what happens, okay, what changes when you believe? Doesn't matter what age you are, what changes when you believe? What's going to happen? Have you ever witnessed to somebody and, and led them through the prayer? And, and, and maybe as you're leading them through the prayer, you're going to say, well, this is what's going to happen. How do you explain that? Because oftentimes what you've asked them to do is to pray to accept Jesus. And, and what then happens? When they do that, what then changes? What then happens? So some might say nothing, right? Okay, <laughs> you know. Well, I did that, and well, yeah, there's no, there's, there's not. I, I'm not taking anything new home with me. I mean, there's not a new car. There's not new clothes. There's not a bag. Hey, I got. Let me show you my bag. I got saved at church today. That doesn't happen, right? So, so how do you explain it? Oftentimes, I've used this term. You probably use this term. It's like a weight was lifted. Okay, there's something. There's something different, right? There's something different. John's going to talk a little bit about that. Oftentimes what we see is the unseen. 
But let's look at here. We're going to be in the first chapter, in the fifth chapter, excuse me, the first 12 verses. We're going to read this. It'll be on the screens, on the screen here online. And we're reading out of New American Standard. You can follow along in your Bibles. It's also in the Bible app if you looked at us and found the location, the event. And you can take notes. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is a victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with water only, but with the water and with the blood. It is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is truth. For there, for there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and the three are in agreement. If we receive the testimony of man, the testimony of God is greater for the testimony of God is this, that he has testified concerning his Son. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. He who is the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. Again, there's a lot of Scripture. There's a lot packed in those 12 verses. This is one of those places where you could probably go verse by verse and have a whole sermon. I'm not going to do that to you today. You're not getting 12 sermons, okay, at one time. Some of you would be concerned, right? The seventh verse, that, this is a short one. But anyway, when we look at this, how do we digest what he says? And I will encourage you to reread this again and reread this again and reread it again because it, there's always something else that you're going to get out of this passage of Scripture. Today we're going to do something. John, John's talked about all this already. John, had, what we're looking at here in the fifth chapter isn't anything new. It isn't any new material. It's what he's already talked about, but he's coming at it from a different angle. So today, I'm actually, I, was work, I wrestle with this, right? How do I present this again to you guys? And so we're going to do this. I don't normally do this. This is a pat paycheck kind of thing, all right? We're going to talk about believe, become, and behave, right? We think it's iteration or something, alliteration. There we go. But I'm not all that technical, okay? It's three words that start with B. All right, so hopefully that will help you memorize that. So we're going to talk about what, it, what happens when we believe, how that affects who we are, what we become, and then what we be, how we behave because of what we've become. So let's start off with the belief, because that's how he starts out. Whoever believes, right, is the word that he, that he talks about. John is adamant. What do I need to believe? And John is adamant as he walks through this. Why is he adamant? Because here's the deal. John is pushing back against false teaching. He's pushing back, not against 
false teaching, soft false teaching. He calls them what? He doesn't call them false teachers. He calls them antichrist. That's like the enemy of Christ. That, that who stands in opposition of Christ. That's what he's talking about. So his pushback is hard. It is adamant. This is not one of these things where you can choose to believe one thing and not another. This is where you need to buy the whole thing that John is talking about. Because, and I, and I thought about this, process this for a minute. When we walk through these things, if you'll take one of these things and say, I'm not sure that I believe that, then what you're going to do is replace it with something else. And that something else is from the Antichrist. So it's important as we walk through this, and John talks about whoever believes, and we talk about what John is asking us to believe in this passage of Scripture. We're going to work through that. You can put them all together. They're highlighting what we want to do. But when we talk about it, it's all or none. You get it? I mean, that's, that's kind of the way that John is. You're all in or you're not in at all. They're not, they're not, none of this lukewarm thing, none of this, maybe I'm not quite satisfied. You know, it's either yes or no, red or green, black or white, one way or the other. You are, you belong to the sun, or you don't belong to the sun. There's not this kind of maybe thing. And so when he talks about believing, it's not, hey, you can kind of, I'll let you paddle, pass on that one, but here you got to believe this one. That's all or none. So let's talk about this. He says that Jesus is the Christ. Okay? Jesus is the Christ. That's one of the things that he establishes throughout the book. What's that mean that Jesus is the Messiah? The one that was prophesied, the one that God sent. We have to believe that Jesus is the Christ. And that's what he established with Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. So here, here's the counter to that, right? Well, we live in a day today where Jesus is just one of those ways, right? He is, he, you know, he's one of the many good guys who walked on this earth, but not the Christ. John says he's the Christ. Go with John and nobody else, right? Go with John. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. He's not just a guy that the Spirit landed on and camped on for a couple months. He is the Son of God. He was the Son of God before He existed, before He came, and He will be there for eternity. Jesus is the Son of God. For God so loved the world, remember we're back in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, right? His Son. God loved us enough to send His Son to die on the cross and shed His blood for us. We have to believe that. He came by water and blood. John, there's a, in the notes in the, in the Bible app, you can read it a little bit later, but it talks a little bit of, uh, about that. and about the, There's all kinds of theories of what that means. But here's what I want us to focus on. By water and blood means he came in the flesh. The Godhead became flesh. John puts it this way in the first chapter. The Word became flesh. Let's say that together. The Word became flesh. He came. He lived. He died. He felt all of that pain. He came in person for us. 
And that's what John wants to, 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 to note there. The water also could be part of the, the signification of the baptism and the blood. Then, of course, the crucifixion where he shed his blood for our sins. It also says, believing, believe the testimony that God has given. So what we talked about this when we're talking about testing the spirits. When we see a teaching out there, what do we compare it to? How do, how do we know whether that teaching is right or wrong? What's the standard by, by, by which you measure it? Well, it sounds logical. Is that, your, is that your comparison there? Your comparison needs to be the Word of God. Believe the testimony that God has given. That's what he's asking you to do. Believe that Bible that you have in your hand, whether it's electronic or paper, believe the testimony that God has given. If what you read out there doesn't line up with the Scriptures, which is wrong? Whatever doesn't agree with Scripture is wrong. It's as simple as that. Right? That's, that's what he's asking us to believe, is believe the testimony that God has given, and that God has given us eternal life. We read those, the girls read those verses out of Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and, and 8 and 9 there. We don't do it by our works. We're not, make, we're not, it's not a green, some of you know this, the, the green stamp thing in a book, right? We're not putting stamps that we fill up the book and then here we go, I got it filled, I'm going to go to heaven. We're not earning a badge like they do in Cub Scouts or Girl Scouts when I get enough of these things done. I get the badge that says I'm a believer. I'm going to heaven, it doesn't happen. We are there because it is God's gift to us. It is not something that we could earn. It comes through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. He is the only pathway. We have this garbage out there. What? We have this teaching out there. It was popular on TV for a little while by some notoriety person there. Oh, there's many ways. The Scripture says, John 14, 6, Jesus himself speaking, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the only way. That's what we got. That's the testimony of God. What are you going to buy into? Because it's nice to buy that there are a hundred thousand ways to get to heaven. It's nice to buy into that. You know, that just means more people in heaven, right? That means we can all get there. Jesus died, and only through his blood can we enter into the gates of heaven. Only those people who have trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior will be resurrected, dead or alive, when the trumpet sounds. Jesus is the only way. This life is in his Son. Right? That's what the Scripture says there. What happens when we believe. This is what we have to believe. When we believe those things, what then happens? What do we become? Okay, what do we become? We're following through there with that first letter thing. 
Believe and then become. Flip the slide there. We become. What's the result of believing? If I, if I believe this, what happens? And that, that's, what, that's what we're going to talk about. And here's what he says. In the verses that we read, we are born of God. In other places, that means we are a child of God. He references that a little bit about loving the child that's been born of him. That's our fellow brother and sister, right? So we are born of God. We become a child of God, an heir to the throne of God. What the Scripture says in other places, an heir to the throne of God. You know, when we talk about it, what, what happens, and, and we're kind of wrestling, right? Okay, if I pray this prayer, what's going to happen? Well, you'll be saved. You'll have a, a home, an eternal home in heaven. When you die, you'll go to heaven. When the trumpet sounds, the resurrection occurs, you'll go up. But we're, we're, right now, we're looking for that idea of what, what happens when I believe. And, and, and some of that is, well, I prayed it, and I still feel somewhat the same. This is, where we've got to, this is where we've got to understand this. It is faith that makes us understand this. Okay, we become a child of God, born of God. We have the Holy Spirit, that spirit that's testifying to us, that spirit that's t telling us what's right, what's wrong, re referencing things for us to look up in the Scripture. When you have that question, who's helping you understand the answer to that? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Jesus continued in you, is working to make that happen. So we have the Spirit, and we, He has the life. That's how John puts it. We have life, and we have it eternal, and we have it abundant. That's what he's talking about there. That's what we're talking about. We become a new creature. That's how Paul puts it. You know, we do the, the baptism. We're going to do some more, right? <laughs> now, come on. We're going to do some more baptisms, right? We're going to go out. You guys are going to share. We're going to pray for what happens at Vacation Bible School. We're going to see somebody come to Christ. We're going to baptize them. You pray for people you're praying for, not just, after, not just in July, not just in August, but let's keep doing that, right? Our goal is to put a filter on this thing. So here's the deal. We talk about that, 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 that new creature, we, we put them under the water. It's symbolic of the old life being buried. When they come out of the water, it's symbolic of the new life becoming a new creature, raised up in Christ. That's why the kids land on the second step. Okay, I mean, because, that, to, I, you know, what God does for us when we get saved excites me. The idea that I become a new creature. I'm still wrestling with somebody old, right? But I know ultimately I belong to him. I no longer, no longer bound by those chains of sin. My chains are gone. I mean, that, that's exciting. And, and when the chains are gone, you get easier to get out of the water. In the Baptist faith and message, it uses the word regeneration or new birth. That's what happens when we ask Christ to come into our hearts to be saved. We uh, justification also. The Bab if you were here on 
Matter of fact, I see that I still left notes out there for um, membership day. In there is the Baptist faith and message or the reference to that. And it talks about the justification that takes place. The easiest term, the easiest way, and it may be a little too easy, but it's just as if, I had, if I'd never sinned. But it is the idea that God, we'll, we'll use my favorite word, which is? Yeah, say that with meaning. Say it with feeling, propitiation, right? It's propitiation. God's, Jesus' blood covers us. And he no longer sees our sin, but he sees the blood of Christ. Love that. And then sanctification begins where we start walking as a new believer. And when do we finish with sanctification? It's a nine-week course. Unless you plan on dying at the end of nine weeks, okay? Okay. And sanctification goes from the time you accept Jesus until you die. That means if you get saved at like seven and you lived 107, you've been in sanctification for 100 years, right? But that's what it is. Some of you take longer than others. Right, we're in that process of sanctification. That's how it starts out. That's what happens. That's the result of our believing. That's what we become child of God. It ought to affect what we do, how we behave, okay? Believe, become, behave. It's a result of becoming. I can't do this without Jesus. We used to sing that, we, we still do, without him I'm nothing, right? And, and what a powerful message that is, those, four, those simple words, without him I am nothing. What changes? I love the Father. Okay? When I was without Christ, there was enmity between myself and God. We weren't on the same page. I was in opposition in my sin to God. Now, I can love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he says that I will, I, I, I will love the child, the child of God. Interestingly enough, and I think it's in the second or third verse, it seems flipped. That might also be in the notes. It seems flipped. But here's the thing. If you love God, you'll love your chil- his children. If you love his children, then you're loving God. That's what, that's a simple, John comes at it from so many different angles. He didn't leave it. He did that on purpose. Turned it around so you understand. When you love the children, you're loving God. You're loving the children, you love God. You observe his commandments. Did you notice that word that he put there? Have you ever told your kids, hey, you need to clean up your room, you need to finish your plate off before you have dessert, whatever it might be? And they look at you like, oh, really? You never do that, do you? Okay. <laughs> right. But did you notice when he talks about doing his, observe his commandments? Commandments is one of our favorite words, right? It sounds like a law. You know, let's hang the Ten Commandments on the wall. That'll brighten the place up, <laughs> right? I mean, just, I, you know, it looks good on the wall, but I'm not saying, boy, that's going to brighten the room up, right? That's, I mean, that's just our, 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 our natural disposition towards the commandments is, is to push back. Because it's the idea that somebody's given us rules and we got to live inside of those rules. 
But John says here that when we are in love with God and His people, that His commandments are burdensome, right? No, he puts that three-letter word in front of it that says, not burdensome. We need to, when, when we feel like the commandments are burdensome, we might want to do a check. Because when we're in love with God and we're in love with these people, it's not a burden to keep his commands. It's not a burden to do what God has asked us to do. Those commandments that start out, we, we look at thou shalt not kill and all those other things. When, when he sums it up, it's you're loving God with everything you got and you're loving your neighbor as yourself. That keeps all, those ten, all of those ten commandments getting sized inside of that. It's about loving them. And it's about why am I not killing my neighbor? Because I, I love them. Okay, why am I not envying? Because I'm rejoicing in how God has blessed them. And on and on. You see, it changes when we become a child of God. It needs to change how we behave. We live by faith. We live by faith. We, we accept Jesus Christ. We don't stand in heaven as soon as we do that. We don't, we don't see the gates, but we know we're going to live by faith that they're coming. We know when we look around us and we see all the other people not keeping the commandments and they think they're burdensome and we're, they have a smile on their face and three boats in the garage, whatever it might be, that we get envious about, we need that gut check that we're living by faith, that we're doing what God has called us to do. And serving God is far greater than serving the world. We have overcome the world. Do you like that? I like that. We played softball last night. Won one, lost one. Which one did we feel better after? The one we won. It was just the way it is, right? You asked me when I got home, who'd you win? Well, we won one, you know. We lost one. But it's, it's that, right? Do you understand what it means to overcome the world? To, break, to, to watch those chains fall away. We have become an overcomer, not because of what we've done, but because of what we believed in. By faith, we've become an overcomer. What do we want to do with this? Okay, believe, become, behave. So most of you are Christians. If you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to do that today. We're going to give an invitation in just a little bit. I got one more slide to show. We're going to do that. But when that invitation comes, if you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you don't have an eternal home, we want you to believe so that you can become our brother and sister in Christ. Simple as that. Okay? We'll guide you through. I'll do that. There will be deacons down here. There's somebody next to you that you know that will help you make that decision. I want to do that. But for us as Christians, how do I, what do I want to walk away? Because again, when we jump into God's Word, whether it's on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever you're picking up your Bible to read, what we're trying to do is grab the Scripture and then do something with it. We're not decorating a room with it. We're doing something with it. So here's the action step for today. 
Think about what it took to overcome. Think about what it, over, what it took to overcome and apply that to areas you struggle. I'm going to help you out a little bit. I ran out of room on the slide, so I'm going to help you out a little bit. But I want you to think about this. When I, when I say think about what it took to overcome, faith is involved in the areas where you've overcome Faith has been involved, and obedience has been involved. Two things. You might add something else in there, but two major things seem to happen. When we become an overcomer, it's because we have faith, because we believe, and because we are obedient to the calling of God. So, I'm going to guess that is in the process of sanctification that there's areas that you're still struggling with. There's things that you're, you're pushing against, and they seem to get victory over you. You win one, you lose one. Let's take those things where we have become an overcomer, where we could say God has granted us victory, and let's look at those areas that we still struggle with, that weakness area that Satan attacks. Okay? He exposed it. He knows where our weakness is. Right? He knows where our weakness is. He knows we can't hit a curveball. He throws a curveball to us. He knows we can't hit a fastball. He throws a fastball to us. He knows what, where our weakness is at. And that's where he aims at. That's where we struggle overcoming. And it's most likely where you've not applied faith and where you've not been obedient. So I want you to think about that, and I want you to come back next week and tell me that you've overcome, right? I want you to share with somebody else. Know that this victory this week is going to have to be repeated the, day, the next week and the next week. It may have to be repeated. You may gain it on Tuesday. You will have to repeat it on Wednesday because the devil's not going to walk away. He's going to keep coming back. So let's work on those things. Let's stand. We're going to sing. Adam's going to lead us in a song. This is a time for you to pray. You might pray for vacation Bible school. You might pray for your lost friend. You might pray to accept Christ yourself.
last verse or two, if you're part of the VBS team, if you'd make your way down front while we're singing. like you like one another. It's just the weeds starting out. You got to like one another beginning. Okay. So let's pray for these guys. Let's pray for our VBS. Father, thank you for these and others, Lord, who, who are working elsewhere at this very moment to make things happen, to teach the children, etc. Father, I pray, Lord, as we go into VBS tonight, Father, as we put things together this afternoon, Father, your, your hand would be upon these people, upon this place. And Father, that as we teach the lessons, we do the games, we feed them, we teach the lessons. Father, I pray that the hearts and minds would be opened, those that come. And Father, that we might be rejoicing in changed lives. Father, in lives that have come to trust you as Lord and Savior. We pray this, Lord. We ask that you receive the honor and glory in all that is done here. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, here's the Bible readings, and have a great day, okay?